Welcome to a special Summer League edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. I could not hop on here after watching that first game of Summer League action. I got to be honest with you guys. There was a lot to love. There was a lot to take away from that. Obviously, as I've continued to say, and as you guys are already aware of, this is Summer League. So you have to take everything that you see with a gargantuan grain of salt. That doesn't mean it's any less exciting, though. We got to see so many Cavaliers make their uh, make their summer league debut, and we got to see some you know familiar faces get one last opportunity, presumably to make an impression on a team. Um, that's that's basically what summer league is is at this point. A lot of slappy basketball being played. A lot of guys trying to get their own. A lot of guys trying to catch the eye of NBA teams, even if it's not the Cavaliers. And I can respect it. Guys going out there, giving it their all. And we saw that. It was no different for the Cavs tonight. Um, Obviously, um, you know, this team was stacked from top to bottom. There was a lot of guys to keep an eye on. Uh, But there was clearly one player in particular that Cavs fans, including myself, were fairly anxious to see. And that was none other than Amani Bates, Cleveland's lone pick at 49 in the NBA draft. Man. A lot to, to a lot to really take stock of from his summer league debut. Uh, debut. How well did he do? Well, about as you'd expect. Honestly, he looked raw. I, I think that's probably the best word to describe his uh, his debut. Raw. Kid has got the goods, but he's definitely looked raw. He managed to knock down, I believe, four triples, showcasing that catch and shoot ability and the willingness to let it fly. Uh, But he was pretty out of sorts for a lot of the game in in that regard. He went 5 of 18 from the field overall. Um, When I I did my evaluation on Bates uh, prior to the NBA draft, the the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the catch and shoot ability, right? Well, that was there. That's something that at at 39% on his catch and shoot triple attempts, I, I felt fairly confident in that making its way over to the NBA. Um, pretty big jump, though, from from college to the NBA, especially where he was at at Eastern Michigan. It's not; It was never a guarantee. But if there was one skill that he possessed, it was the ability to knock down the catch-and-two dribble. And we saw him do that tonight. The shot selection, um, that was obviously a huge sour point there and, and a point of contention when analyzing his uh, his film. But at some point, you just have to respect that. you got to respect – the man, uh, the, the man's ability to go out there and just let it fly because we need more of that from our wings, frankly. Well, that's just my opinion. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, one thing is clear to me, though. You know, even though he, the stat line didn't look great, five of 18 overall from the field, I believe zero assist on the night. One thing is clear he's got the talent. Kids got the talent, whether his, it's his knack for shot creation, his catch and shoot ability, or the gunslinger mentality that I was just referring to. Um, there's something uncanny about his play style. And I think if developed the right way, if given the time and, you know, if coached up the right way, and if you iron out some of his flaws, Amani Bates could end up being a very good NBA player. Um, I always felt that it was a little unfair to start throwing names like KD out there just because it's just that's how that's a bogus comparison, in my opinion, because of the amount of expectations you'd be levying upon him. Um, you 
you just take a look, especially at the collegiate level. KD was on another stratosphere, even from a statistical standpoint. So to throw KD out there as a comp for him at this young age, nah, I think you're doing him a disservice. So if the Cavs just be patient with the kid, allow him to learn at the G League level, this could this this kid could very well be a, a very good NBA player. And I'm very excited to see his progression. Um, the one thing that I really hope they don't do is rush him into the pressure cooker that is the starting lineup or the rotation period. He's got too many flaws in his game at this point. But I, I do like what I've seen so far. I'm just hoping that they don't rush him into anything because I think that would be bad for his development. Um, for me, you know, the, there there really is only one thought process with him. He could either be the, the league's nest best, nest best thing or he could flame out in glorious fashion. <laughs> and it's all going to be dependent upon how well and how patient the Cavs are with him. Um, and for me, like just watching tonight's game, even, and I knew this heading in just watching the film at Eastern Michigan, um, he's got to learn that you can't shoot your way out of everything. And I know that there, the, the old adage, the old saying is shoot or shoot. Yeah, well, you gotta, you still gotta work on that shot selection, but um, that's the one thing that all that, that's my one gripe: the shot selection. It's one thing to have the confidence to, um, it, it's one thing to have the confidence to take that shot, even if you're doubled or in in Amani's case, a lot at Eastern Michigan, tri- uh, triple teamed. It's a whole other thing to realize that you do have other teammates that are out there with you and to try and make the best play. Uh, possible. So he will have to learn how not to pull that trigger at times when it's most opportune. Um, and thanks, Tom. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that that would be the course of action that they would take with him. If you are listening via audio, Tom K says down here, Kobe Altman said today they are not rushing or putting pressure on him, taking their time. Um, obviously, Tom, you know, you and I both know that <laughs> you have to take everything. Um, you have to take everything that general managers, presidents of basketball operations, really anybody in the front office, you have to take that with a grain of salt too during the uh, during the offseason because plans can change. But I really hope they stick to that because the kid obviously has immense talent. And if realized, he could be damn good. But right now, he's still rolling. Uh, he needs developed. There are many flaws in his game. He is not a playmaker at all. That is one of the things that I highlighted in my breakdown of him. Um I believe he led the Mac in usage rate and just, I think he had more turnovers than assists. That's not necessarily something that you're, you're, you're really wanting to see when you're discussing playmaking. So that's definitely an area of his game that needs a lot of work. Although I will say this with the Cavs, that's not going to be his role. So it doesn't concern. It's not a deal breaker to me. It's not a deal breaker because that wouldn't be his role with this team. If Amani Bates is going to earn minutes early on, it will be because of his catch and shoot ability. So he's going to be he's going to be playing off ball more than he probably ever has. Um, he'll have to learn that he'll have to learn that skill set fairly quickly if he's to make the rotation anytime soon. But again, we we don't want to rush things. We want him to just kind of you know um, work out his flaws, work out his flaws in the G League. Let that be the course of action the Cavs take with him because although, you know, we may or may not have the wing of the future on the roster right now, um, you don't want to rush the kid out there. You don't want to throw him in a, uh, you know, a no-win situation because we know how impatient fans can be, especially for the Cavs. (laughs) 
Um, we're all guilty of it, you know, even myself. But Amani Bates, if developed correctly, could end up being one of the steals of this draft. Um, for me, you know, there there were multiple players out there. It wasn't just Bates. There was a lot of eyes on a lot of different players. And one of those players was Luke Travers. Um, Travers, one of Cleveland's uh, second-round picks from last season, was damn impressive, doing a bit of everything on his way to a stat line, I believe, of 13 points, pulled down six rebounds, one assist. And let me just say this. Travers dished out many dimes tonight. He should have had more than one assist. <laughs> uh, guys just weren't weren't finishing plays for him. So I, I felt kind of bad for him in that regard. I felt like he should have he should have had a couple more assists on that stat line. But guys just weren't finishing for him. Um, but he was doing a little bit of everything, and he was out there playing defense. Uh, one of the things that we know that Travers, even last season, if you guys watched Summer League action last year, Travers is doing many of these same things. He just looks a little bit more polished than he was after spending more time in the NBL. Um, I'm really, really hoping they bring this guy over soon, but I just don't know the path. I mean, when, when you're looking at the roster, because it's not like Travers shoots – shoots the ball at it at a very high clip. Um, even tonight, uh, just two, three point attempts. Yeah, they did call goaltending on him. Um, should have had a, a gazillion blocks out there, Tom. But when I'm just looking at the roster in particular, I'm not really certain where Travers would fit in from a rotational standpoint. So that's the problem. He's going to have to, he's, there's an uphill battle for him. And that's the case for many of these guys, obviously, um, but that's really, I think it really just boils down to when the Cavs would feel comfortable bringing him over because the rotation right now, I just don't see any way that they could actually facilitate that. Is there open roster spots? Yeah, but I just don't see them bring him over yet. Pro- they'll probably end up stashing him over for at least another season. Same could be said for Khalifa Diop, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, you know, not even just those two. It wasn't just Bates and Travers. Uh, a guy who was mighty impressive to me was Sam Merrill. Um, <clears throat> Merrill turned the ball over a little bit more than I would have liked earlier on. But, God damn it, <laughs> it's his ability uh, to, to shoot on the move. His movement shooting is a beautiful thing to watch. And he can rebound pretty well, too, for his size. I, I believe Merrill's listed at 6'4", and... He is nowhere. He he is not necessarily a guy who was afraid to go in there and and, and pull down some rebounds. Um, overall, on the night, he was four twelve and three of nine from three point range. But he can shoot. And Chase, I see a comment down here. Um, yeah, I don't think he would ever necessarily be <laughs> put in that role uh, at the big league level. But just put him out there. Um, you know, stash him in the corner. Have him run some pin downs. Uh, you know, this is a, this is a guy who can shoot the ball. Um, he's not young. I believe Merrill's 27, but certainly somebody who I would love to see get an opportunity. The problem is that after you just signed George Niang and you just signed and traded for Max Struess, I just don't see a way that the Cavs are going to be able to give him a chance. And so I feel bad for him because 
you know, obviously he was a late season addition to the squad, only played in five games, didn't really take a ton of shots. Um, but clearly, clearly this is a man who can shoot the basketball, especially on the move. And it's just unfortunate because I just don't know if he's going to get the chance, especially now with the additions of Niang and Struess, who obviously has been paid a lot of money and is probably going to get a lot of minutes. So I would love it if he was kept as depth, but I'm just not sure. I, I really am interested to see the direction they go with Merrill because at age 27, I believe there's probably not many more opportunities for him to go out there and, and showcase himself in a, uh, in an environment like summer league. So I'm really pulling for, him. um, I, I love his game. I love the fact that he is willing to sacrifice his body out there. Like he saw him take on that charge earlier. Um, he was even the, uh, the, the, the commentators are talking about it. I believe it's Channing Fry. Uh, had mentioned about how he was constantly on the floor, but I am really interested to see what they end up doing with Merrill. I just, with Niang and Struess on board, I'm just not really sure what is going to end up happening. Um, another player out there who, you know, I would like to spend a little bit of time talking about is Sharif Cooper. Those of you who have been following Sharif Cooper's journey are are probably screaming from the rooftops right now that we need to go ahead and give Cooper the keys to the backup point guard position. And after a few games, I got I, I got to say this. I have been continuously of the mindset that hey Ricky Rubio probably deserves at least one more one more crack at it given the fact that he did come back mid-season I think it was February was it not um and with the full off season of workouts and getting himself into shape I have remained of the mindset that Rubio probably deserves first dibs and the first shot at being that backup point guard but I got to say, after performances like tonight, holy hell, Sharif Cooper is really, really starting to grow on me as a uh, as an option there. The problem is that I just don't know if the Cavs feel that way. <laughs> uh, as TuneIn One Sports down here says, uh, oh, TuneIn Sports rather, Sharif Cooper needs to be on somebody's roster. I got to agree. I got to agree. Um, he he is putting the work. He had a phenomenal season with the charge last year. I just, I just don't know, man. Um, the, the Cavs have a lot of guards and a lot of guards who can score fairly well. Um, obviously, you have Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. That's your, uh, your proverbial head of the snake there. And off the bench, I mean, you can obviously roll Karis LeVert out there in that spot if you need playmaking. They still have Ricky Rubio. They just signed Ty Jerome. Uh, I just – I'm not seeing the the way that Cooper sneaks onto the roster. And that's the problem, man. Like, the problem right now is that each and every single one of these guys, um, it's, it's going to be a battle. It, it is really, really, really going to be a battle down the stretch to see who makes this rotation because there are a lot of really deserving candidates. Um, and as I started off the, the the pod by saying this, you have to take everything that you see in summer league with a massive grain of salt just because we've seen this happen before. Hell, I, I don't even need to bring up the name Anthony Bennett, although I will. Um, Anthony Bennett had a pretty good 
<laughs> he had a pretty good uh, showing in, in the summer league, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember if it was summer league or preseason, but don't be fooled. That's the point. Don't be fooled by summer league, especially game one, because some of these performances are, are they may mean nothing once once the real lights turn on. So I don't know. I want to be excited. I want to really just heap a ton of praise on each one of these guys, but we just got to kind of take it one step at a time here. However, you can you can really dig deep in here and you can find some guys who you really feel should be on NBA rosters, and Cooper is one of them. Um, I'm just not certain it's going to come with the Cavs just because of the, 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 the massive amount of talent we have at that position. Um, it's a little bit different than than a guy like Lou Travers, um, you know, who can come out there and fill up the stat sheet and do a lot of different things as a wing, um, because we don't we're not we don't have a, a ton of depth there. You got rid of Jetty Osman, you, you got rid of Lamar Stevens in the in the sign and trade for Max Struess, um, Karis LeVert, although he can function at the three, um, he's not really a three. And so somebody's going to eventually have to step up um, outside of Max Struess. And obviously we can't forget about Isaac Ogoro, who is still developing himself. So there is a lot to take into consideration here. All of these guys on this summer league roster, Amani Bates, Isaiah Mobley, who I'll talk about here in a minute, Khalifa Diop, Sam Merrill, Sharif Cooper, Luke Travers, uh, Craig Porter Jr., who got some considerable run tonight, uh, Pete Nance, um, you know, we, we did, we saw a little bit of Fabian white, but, uh, everybody else from Mike Bothwell to Devontae Schuler didn't get an opportunity tonight. And I'm sure they will, uh, in the final couple of summer league games, but literally everybody on this summer league roster, nobody is really guaranteed an opportunity to make the, uh, the big league roster at this point in time right now. Um, and that includes Amani uh, Bates, who is on a two way right now. So a ton to to take into consideration here, a ton to really analyze, but this is game one, game one of Summer League. I'm really, really excited, consider uh really excited to watch this whole Summer League action play out. There's a lot to be learned here. And uh you guys just let me know in the comments below who you are most looking forward to. Uh tune in. I think we have two. If I'm not mistaken, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, feel free to speak up in the comments below. But I think we only, I think we do have two left. Um, but as these next couple of games roll by, we'll, we'll probably get to see more of these guys get an opportunity. Um, obviously, they rolled with a starting lineup tonight, I believe, of Amani Bates. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Isaiah Mobley, Khalifa Diop, Sam Merrill, and Sharif Cooper. Now, we already know that Sharif Cooper can play ball, so he may not start next game, and I'd be okay with that. Um, they're probably going to elect to throw out some different lineups out here just to get a look at Mike Bothwell, Wendell Green, Cedric Henderson Jr., uh, Devontae Schuler. They'll probably throw a, a couple of different looks up out, out here so that we can get an opportunity to analyze them, but I like what I saw. Um, a lot to, to, to really break down here. I'll probably do that over the coming days, but really exciting, man. I just, just 
I am so happy to have Cavs basketball back in some form or fashion. You guys don't know <laughs> because it, this is just the point of the the year where sports. If you're not a huge baseball fan, as I am, um, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan. In case none of you guys knew, I'm not a I'm not a Cleveland Guardians fan. But this the point is this is just one of the driest points of the year for sports, and so to get. Cavaliers basketball back in some form or fashion is pretty awesome. And I suppose I should close out today's postgame pod by talking about Isaiah Mobley. I mean, dude's clumsy. <laughs> I hate to say it. He's clumsy, but uh, he put on quite the performance tonight. 15 points, uh, nine rebounds, six assists, had a steal, had a block, doing a little bit of everything. A guy who... I'm honestly, if the Cavs do not pick up uh, another big, which I'm anticipating they probably will, I would be perfectly fine converting Isaiah Mobley over to a full time or a guaranteed contract, basically, and off of the two way. I'd really actually be happy about that because I think that he does enough to warrant an opportunity. Kids got underrated vision. And he may not be the level of defender. He may not be as switchy as his brother, Evan. But damn it, he plays defense. He tries hard. Um, he's he's out there. He can facilitate. He can stretch the floor to a degree, although the stat sheet won't show it tonight. He only went one of five uh, from, from the arc. But this is, this is a guy who I believe is a real NBA player. And Tom, you ain't lying. Mobley brothers both have butterfingers sometimes. <laughs> Um, yeah, especially Evan when he's trying to bring it up court, right? I hate that. I, I, I know I, I cannot be alone in the thought process that I absolutely dread when Evan Mobley attempts to bring the ball up the floor. <laughs> uh, so they can definitely both be prone to that. But the, to me, the more telling thing is their willingness to actually go out there and try to do that and their willingness to facilitate, especially from the elbow. Both of them can do it. Both of them are, are uh, you know, above average passers for their size, at least in my estimation. Um, obviously, we know what Evan can do from a defensive standpoint, but Isaiah Mobley really tries hard defensively as well. And I think that he has worked on his, uh, his post game too. Um, just a lot to take away. And obviously, like I continue to say, Got to take everything with a grain of salt, but Mobley really, really impressed me tonight. Um, going to continue to hone in on his particular skill set as we um, as we look at these couple of remaining roster spots to see if they give any of these guys opportunities to make the final cut. But man, just just a, a hell of a performance tonight uh, for for what it's worth it, it is summer league action there's only so much excitement for it but uh i'm just glad to have Cavs basketball back and with that said go Cavs! Um, as we always tell you if you'd like to reach out to us you can at its cavalier underscore pod on twitter tiktok instagram youtube and more go ahead and give us a follow on threads now um if you'd like to be added to the it's cavalier exclusive disc chat uh discord chat you know what to do uh, leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said review to itscavalier53 at gmail.com, and we will send you an invite. Go Cavs. Have a good night.